0: That we have going on is called Lives Matter. And this series has to do with Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. It's early in Jesus' ministry. And it's in, we're not looking at every section of the Sermon on the Mount, but um, Sermon on the Mount is Jesus, he saw a group of people kind of gathering. Well, he went up on the side of the mountain and he started teaching us some things. Some of these things were hard to, hard to listen to they were difficult because they kind of challenged us. He was wanting us to put God first in our lives um, The teachings were hard and they're even hard today to listen to and Because they go against kind of our human nature they are things that, that we don't really sometimes think about and we why he did this was because lives matter Today's topic is kind of a little hard one. So I just want to start with praying. So let's just pray Father God, just thank you for today, I just pray that uh, you just open our hearts and give me the words to speak and just uh, be with us today, in your name we pray, amen. amen. So a couple of weeks ago I spent some time at a place called The Refuge, it's ran by a friend of mine and he said, hey, I've got a couple of spots open up, if you want to come and hang out for a week, why don't you come do that? And I went and I was kind of thinking, you know, I really don't need to do that right now, i I'm doing okay, but it turns out that I I needed it probably more than I thought. And the really cool thing is, is that God, the people that were there, and I'm not going to tell you who was there right now, they God knew what was going on. and He orchestrated this, and He knew that this was the message I was going to give today. And He put those people in my life. And so He, Tim, Tim, what are you, this is like? Why what are you doing? Thing, but I'm well, it, excuse me, that it's I'm preaching here. Go, no, act, go. No, 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 it's hey. Yeah. Stop. Hey. Now why'd you guys focus on that? You paid you paid no attention to me. And I mean I know that's hard to compete with. I know that he's really hard to compete with, but what I saw was you guys kind of glanced at him and then you started to look at him and then you just started to stare at him <laughs> the whole time. And then I think you were kind of mesmerized with him. But the reason I had Tim do that was is to to show you my, uh, to bring out what my name of my sermon is today. And it it's a glance and it's a look and it's a stare and then it's a and you fill, you'll fill in the blank, but to really say that looks matter. Now, this is, like I said, this is the process I saw that all of you went through when he came through that door. You all kind of went through the same process. So, looks matter. It goes, what we look at, it really matters in our life. So, let's look at today's passage. But well, you guys, none of you guys got that pun, but uh, so... Today's passage is in Matthew 5:27 through30. I did hear a little laugh out it right over here, but so page 969 it says, "You have heard that it was said, "You shall not commit adultery, but I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out, throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off, throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go to hell. Now maybe you know why I started out with let's uh, praying for this. Maybe we should pray again. But it brings me to my first point on my outline. It says a touch or a look, that it does matter. What Jesus is saying here is that it's not only the physical act of adultery, the physical touch of adultery. But he's also saying when we look, when we look at somebody lustfully in our heart, that we're also committing adultery. So how many times have we been somewhere, especially men, we're sitting down at a restaurant, we're sitting down having coffee, we're sitting down doing something, and walks this very attractive woman, and all of us just stop, and we watch. And we go all the way around till she sits down, and we're probably still staring, And then we go, oh, what were you saying? How many times do we do that? If your spouse is with you, how do you think she feels like that? Now, women, I know you're thinking this is meant but I've spent lots of places. I've been in a coffee shop, and there'll be lots of noise and lots of talking and really loud, and all of a sudden it'll be dead quiet. And I see women watching this guy walk by. And they go by. He sits down. And then the place is really loud again. So we're not immune to this. It's a a male and female thing. So Stan hasn't taught me to read minds yet. I think that's next on the agenda. But I think many of us have probably can say, yeah, I've done that. Yeah, I've experienced that. So also Jesus makes this comment. He says, you have heard it said. You've heard it said. And he's kind of like, you know, You've heard it said, just like casual, like, oh yeah, you know that thing that your ancestors have been talking about for hundreds of years? You know that thing that Moses went up on the side of the mountain and God gave him these things, these things called the Ten Commandments? The Ten Commandments, which is the Seventh Commandment that is punishable by death. Seventh Commandment that says, I sh- shall not commit adultery. So with this, this was death by, for both men and women. But Jesus is adding something to this now, if you've noticed. He's saying that it's not just committing adultery with physically. It's Like I said, it's committing adultery by looking. If you're thinking that, then it's adultery. Now, many of you know that I'm a, I like science and I like numbers. So we're going to bring some of that into this. And I want to talk about pornography. Because isn't that kind of what we're getting at? things that we're looking at, things that we fill our mind with, that Jesus is adding that to the commandment, that the things that we look at. People will say, "Ah, they're just images. I'm not hurting anybody. It doesn't cause any harm. I can do whatever I want to do. How about this one? It helps me connect with my spouse better. Or, you know, it just helps me unwind. Jesus is saying it, it does matter. It does cause harm. He's saying, this is adultery. Now, numbers-wise, 63 to 70% of males routinely look at pornography. That number for women roughly is 33%, but that number is growing. It's growing rapidly, more rapidly than for males. And did you notice that I didn't say non-church people or church people? Because the number is the same doesn't matter if you go to church or don't go to church the statistics say it's the same monetarily wise the porn industry is probably a they uh, well what's reported on tax records is 10 to 15 billion dollars but because there's so much internet and illegal things out there they estimate it's more like 97 billion dollars so it's a it's a huge huge industry what happens in the brain when we look at pornography, when we look at images, when we let our mind wander. What happens in the brain is there's a natural process in our brain that we all have a reward center. We all have a center in our brain that when we do something we like or that we find engaging, that they release these chemicals in we, our brain and we kinda get a high. We kinda get, we get pleasure out of that. So examples in the that are healthy, natural examples are Go down the street to Big Dipper after service and I get an ice cream. I go, hmm, that's good. I like that. My I come home from work, my wife gives me a hug and a kiss, and I go, Oh, I like that. There, there's those things. So I used to run marathons, and I you after a marathon, you'd be completely exhausted and just worn out. But you'd have this rush come over you, and it was called a runner's high. That's a natural thing. That's a natural reward for this reward center of chemicals. But the thing is also with this, when it's natural, the brain resets itself. It goes back to zero. These chemicals will go away, and your brain kind of, it has an off switch. So it has an off and it resets itself. And the brain can be tricked. That's That's the problem with you look at things like pornography, is the brain can be tricked. When it's, it doesn't know the difference between a natural source and an artificial source. An artificial source might be something like drugs, like heroin, or pornography, images that we look at. When we're exposed to these, these substitutes, the brain, it triggers this reward center, the chemicals are released. And we get that pleasure, we get that high that I was talking about that's natural. But with the artificial things, the brain never resets. The brain keeps wanting more, and it wants more, and it wants more. And it's craving these things. And it never, it's always wanting something even more than it had the last time. So that's why we keep going down a dark path with those things, because the the reward center, it's, it's a natural process in the brain. And just as a little bit of a side is that with teenagers, it's this reward center is two to four times more powerful than an adult's. So when a teen is exposed to this, the craving and the desire and the addiction is, is greater. That's why it's so important that we we look at teens and try to protect protect our young ones from this. And we could go on and on and on about the science in the brain and what goes on with the brain. But what I, kind of the point I want to take away at this is that What's happening in the brain when we're exposed exposed to pornography and we don't question anything of this next one but when we it's the same thing that's going on when the brain uses heroin. And we don't question that as far as being an addiction or being something that we, that we, we crave more and more of. You know and Jesus knows all of these processes. He knows all of this stuff because he designed it. He, he knows all of this and so We don't need to explain anything to him, but what he's telling us is that he's warning us of the dangers that this causes, and I think it's because he wants something better for us. He values our life. Our life matters to him. So remember when I, a few minutes ago I said I was at the refuge, I didn't tell you who these guys were, well I'll tell you who they were now. It was a group of guys and they were all sex addicts. they were sex addicts, and their therapist was there with them. And you remember a few years ago when Tiger Woods had his collapse? And that's what he said. He was addicted to sex. We all kind of laughed, and we joked around, and we said, you know what, Tiger, you just need Jesus, and you need to just be praying more, and you just need to stop doing it. Well, what I found out from these guys is that, you know, it is just like that heroin addict. It's, 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 it's a process that, that no one's immune to. And these guys were all good guys. They were guys you'd want to hang out with. They're guys that you'd friends with, the guys that you probably work with. They were pastors. They were one of them was a doctor, construction workers, paramedics. Just a bunch of guys that are struggling. Struggling like maybe some of us are in this room or have struggled. But Jesus is saying, Lives matter. I want something better for you. So none of these guys had their eyes cut, poked out, or their hands cut off, and that would make it kind of difficult for this stuff we do. And um, do you remember? Wonder why Jesus said his right eye or your right hand. The right eye is, or the right hand is, the right is considered to be something that is is pow- more powerful. Or to sit at the right hand of a ruler is a more prestigious and a, a place of honor, and. When we earlier today, when we greeted each other, which hand did we shake our hands with? It was our right hand. So that's what Jesus is saying: is use your powerful, most, your most dominant hand. That's he's making an emphasis of there. And you know, I'm left-handed, so I guess I'm out. But um, in the New Living Translation, it says, "Your good eye or your stronger, stronger hand." And when we commit adultery. I said the punishment was death. Punishment was death. And Jesus is it's not only saying that if you look lustfully at someone, you're automatically guilty of adultery. But he's also not saying that go take this person and go stone him. It's not what he's saying either. He's, he's giving us a, a, a way out. He's giving us hope. He's giving us something to, to look forward to. Something that we don't have to immediately say that's death. And when he says about a right eye or a right hand, he's, this is a hyperbole. I think we talked about this a few weeks ago, that it's an exaggeration, that it's, uh, it's something that it's not mean to really be taken literally. But Jesus is saying, do something drastic here. Do whatever you need to do so that you don't fall into this. Do something radical. Jesus wants us to have life. He wants us to have eternal life with him. Now, like I said, Jesus is saying just, you know, yeah, the the punishment for adultery is death, but just hold on a minute. Just hold on a second. He's, He's providing hope. And I think what he's saying is is our second point of the outline here, which is our heart. So, He's saying these extreme things because he wants us to look at what the real culprit is, what the real source of some of this stuff is. He wants us to look at our heart, what lies within our heart. Now, the Greek word is "cardia," and the cardia, they in the Greek is your mind. It's the seed of thought and emotion. So our, our heart is thought to be the seed of our inner self. So you're going to ask natural question. What is our inner self? So our inner self is composed of our life, our soul, our mind, and our spirit. So what are you filling your inner self with? This is what Jesus is talking about. He's talking about our heart. There's that old saying that we have that says, garbage in, garbage out. It's a computer saying. So if we're filling ourselves with garbage, if we're looking at lustful looks we have unwholesome talk if We're looking at pornography well I think we're gonna probably get some garbage out Stan kicked off this series in Romans 12 too, saying don't conform to the world don't conform any longer to the patterns of this world so listen to the world says that just looking at pictures everyone else does it we were just joking around at the water cooler at break doesn't hurt anybody doesn't hurt anyone not actually committing adultery when I do that. But what I do is I beg you, that's a lie. People, that is a lie. It's not true. Science says it's not true. Jesus says it's not true. He says it does hurt, it does come harm. It does fill our hearts. So what you put into your heart, what you look at fills your life, your soul your mind, and your spirit. Let's look at at Philippians 4.8. It says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thought on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. What are you fixing your thoughts on? Do we fix our thoughts on truth? What is honorable? What is right? What is pure? What is lovely? What is admirable? Now, if Jesus were to come through right now and say, you know what, Victor, let's go hang out. Let's go hang out for a while. You and me, we're going to go do what you do every day. And what would Jesus say? What would Jesus say? Would he say, the things you're filling your heart with, that they were excellent and worthy of praise? Or if he came and watched one of us and he said, hey, let's go watch Netflix together. Let's go to a movie together. And you took him to the things you usually watch. What would he say? Would he say this is excellent, worthy of praise? Or do we just become numb? Like when a lot of us, maybe when we come home from work, we'll turn the TV on and we don't really pay attention to it, but we're just staring at it in the images that we're looking at. Are they excellent? Are they worthy of praise? Or are they what we're talking about here? Are they a little on the pornography side? Or images we just shouldn't be looking at, that we should be protecting ourselves about? Now remember when I said if someone walks through and we were just followed our eyes and looked the whole way across, that woman, that girl, that boy, that man, What if we looked at them as, you know what? That's somebody's son or daughter. That's somebody's wife or husband. Does that change things? Does that change how we look at things? What if we look at them and say, you know what? That's one of God's children. Does that change things a little bit? When I start to look at someone lustfully, and I saw that, you know, and when I'm sitting there and I see someone do that, and that's my daughter, or that's my wife, What then? What's my response then? Well, I probably want to get up and maybe cut their hand off or gouge their eye out. But that's what Jesus is talking about here. So I'm saying is just stop it. Just stop. Someone walks in, just, I mean, maybe it's just a quick, yeah. And you just don't lose your focus. You keep your eyes on Jesus. You keep your eyes on the person you're talking to. Just Stop. So let's start putting what is excellent and worthy of praise into our hearts. Now, some of you might be looking at me going, I don't have this problem, I don't have this struggle. Great, keep it up. Keep protecting yourself and keep doing it. Some of us, it's real, it's a struggle. And I would say one place is we have Celebrate Recovery on Friday nights, that's a place to start. There's other places to start too. And I I I can help maybe with some of those, point you in the right direction. But let's let's get some help. So those one thing that I spent this guys with is they said that sexual bondage, it it doesn't respect us. It doesn't respect us regardless of what our age is, what our gender is, what our nationality is, what our job is. So why is Jesus kind of giving us this heart teaching? Why is he kind of giving us this hard teaching? I think it's because what he's saying is that lives matter. He's saying your life matters. But do we realize that? Do we realize that our life matters to Jesus? He's not giving us another set of rules. He's not adding to the seventh commandment. He's just saying, you know what? Your life matters to me. Your life matters to me, and it matters to Jesus. At the end of Deuteronomy 30, it's near the end of Moses' death, verse 11 says, Now what am I commanding you today is not too difficult for you or beyond your reach. So if this is something we struggle with, this is still applicable to today. It's not too difficult. It's not out of your reach. We can overcome this. We We can conquer this. Chapter goes on, To say, it says, you give us a choice of death and destruction or life and prosperity. For us to love the Lord our God, if we walk in obedience to him, we will live. But if our hearts turn away, if we walk away, that will lead to death. I want to read verses 19 and 20. It'll be on your screen. It says, this day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice and hold fast to him. Choose life. Love God. Listen to God. Hold fast to God. God wants us to choose life. If your eye causes, then get rid of it. If your hand then get rid of it. Remove whatever it is that's keeping us from living life. Now, there's a children's song. How many of you remember the children's song, Oh, Be Careful, Little Eyes? Lots of heads are nodding. We all remember that. Words will be up on the screen. No, I'm not going to sing it. I don't have as good a voice as, as Stan or any of the other guys. But it says, Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. There's a father up above, and he's looking down in love, so be careful, little eyes, what you see. It's a simple song. This verse goes on, and it re- changes eyes to ears, to hands, to feet, to mouth. I it kind of sounds a little bit like what Matthew is saying here in this passage. That we need to be careful what we see. We need to be careful what we hear, what we touch, where we go, what we say. And this is the verse I love. It says, simple little thing. He's looking down in what? In love. God loves us so much. We don't even know how much He loves us. And He's saying, you know what? Your life matters to me. I love you so much. I don't want this of you. I'm going to share a story with you. This is a story of a guy I met on the refuge. And I would say he's, he is a dear friend. He opened up to me and told me, he let me into his life. And this story, is, it's an amazing story of, of just many, many things. But his name is Donald. Donald grew up in a household probably similar to most of us. It wasn't perfect. And in junior high, Donald, Donald started looking at pornography. So he would routinely look at pornography. And then as he grew older, that pornography wasn't enough. So Donald started seeking out women, seeking out girls. So he was, had sex with multiple girls. That's, that's what, what he did in life. He, he had put it in an analogy of like a lion hunting a gazelle. So a lion would stalk a gazelle and, the, and he would kill the gazelle. But usually a lion kills a gazelle for food. And he said it got to the point where it, the lion just would kill the gazelle and walk away and move on to the next. So Donald was leaving this path of destruction for both himself and for these girls' lives. But then one day he met this woman. One day he met his wife. His wife was beautiful. He's he showed me pictures, and she is. She's a beautiful woman. And he's, he's cr- I mean, you'd think he was crazy. But these are the words that Donald says. He says that he wishes not to harm her, but his past what he filled his heart and mind with, keeps him from being fully committed to his marriage because of all this stuff that he looked at, all this stuff that he did. So he told me instead of being able to physically connect with his wife, he turned to other things and other people. And what he called this was artificial connections. So his desire turned from his wife to wanting more and more of these artificial connections. He was addicted. He was craving more and more and more. Well, Donald's life was headed down a a dark path, and his wife eventually found out about the third affair. And when she was finding out about the third affair, she was finding out about the fourth affair that was already happened. Not happening, but happened. His wife, who would blame his wife for leaving? I think his wife was entitled, she, she had justification to have a divorce, to seek a divorce. But this is where God is so good and why he loves us so much. Donald and his wife, their lives matter to him. So as his wife is contemplating, what am I supposed to do? This is what Jesus said to her. He says, you have to forgive because you have been forgiven. And I'm happy to say that, that uh, Donald and his wife are still married. Their relationship is where God wants it to be. And why is all of this? It's because this is what Jesus wanted. Their marriage mattered. Donald's life mattered. His wife's life mattered. And they, I didn't tell you this, but they have a daughter. And his daughter's life matters. When they were going through this, his pastor told him, he says, you need to be killing sin or sin will be killing you. That's what Jesus is saying in this passage, I think. He's saying something radical of like, whatever you need to do, whatever sin that is keeping me from you, whatever it is, you need to be killing it. That sin that's killing you, you need to be killing it. There's a verse that I've made one of my life verses, and you've heard me say it before. It's Proverbs 4:23, and it's going to be on your screen. This is how the New Living translation it says, "Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life." I've made this verse part of my DNA. When we were, I was very first married, my wife kind of shared this verse with me when we were kind of struggling with some things. And I've, I've just tried to live by that. Because it does, it just guides everything. It determines the course of my life. So it is true, what we put in our heart, it matters. What we look at goes into our heart and it matters. What we fill our mind with, it matters. And I'm happy to say that 10 days ago, my wife and I celebrated our 27th anniversary. And like Stan, I said earlier about being here two years, it's not to get, it's just, we can do this. By just having things matter, by guarding what we look at. Now I asked Jim to play a song for us, to learn a song. I think Jim hates it when I start, when I preach more, because I ask him to play songs and stretch him a little bit. But this song is called Slow Fade by Casting Crowns. Many of you will will, um, recognize this song. The words will be on the screen. I want you to pay attention to the words with this song. And that children's song that I brought up, the Oh Be Careful Little Eyes. It it kind of expands upon that song. And I want us to pay attention to the when it says the, the words of people never crumble in a day. It's a slow fade. Kind of starts out as a glance and a look. Then it becomes a stare. And it becomes A, well, you fill in the blank. You fill in the blank, but answer this question. Is it going to be death? Or is it going to be life? Because looks do matter. So let's listen to this song.